0: listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you from live from Tasmania right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. You can learn how to study the Bible more effectively. You can get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going and you can experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host Jason Cook and today we've got David Maxwell joining us from Launceston. Welcome David. Jason, how are you today? I'm um, very well, thank you. And yourself? Very well, thanks. Very well. Awesome. Looking well. forward to the program. Yeah, it's good to have you here again and uh, continuing your series Reflecting Jesus. David, uh, I caught up with you in person yesterday, which was good to see you face-to-face. I'm normally Ooh. just on the end of a, uh, a remote audio feed, so <laughs> it's good to Ooh. see you in person yesterday as you came down to Hobart for some meetings that we had. so always good. Um, but uh, David, I love uh, your sharing each, each program. You start off with some sharing of, uh, lately you've been sharing some blessings in, uh, in your walk and uh, we'd love to
1: hear another one today. Yeah, I have just a couple more to share before I summarise all of these. Um, There's been so many blessings. I mean, how many weeks have we been running this section? 20-something, I think. Yeah,
0: 23. This is our 23rd episode.
1: And every Mm. time, I've been able to share a blessing. Mm. So I think when we look at the things that happen in our lives, we often don't see them as blessings. But when we look back on them, often we can identify them as blessings. And one of those for me is taking funerals for people Mm. this is not something that you would ever see as a blessing Mm -hmm. uh, normally it's a really sad time for people it's sad time to share with people sometimes it's extremely difficult not just for those uh, who are going through it but for a person trying to support them because often you don't know what to say Sometimes, well, what do you say? What do you say when someone's lost a child, for example, who's not even six months old? Mm. That was extremely difficult and challenging for me. I can't imagine what it must have been like for them because I've never had to go through that. Mm. And that's part of the the pain and the the hurts that you try and share with people. You, You can't really alleviate it. Oftentimes, all people want... Is someone to stand beside them put their arm around them and say you know i, I have no idea what you're going through but i'm here mm. so if you want to talk if you just need someone to be your shoulder to cry on i'm here i'm here and and then just to talk through the normal things of life and that's what people struggle with i don't know what to say you know just going over to someone and say hey I, this is hard i i can understand can't understand the feelings but hey, I'm here. I've actually found it to be a real blessing uh, to be able to, and to be privileged to be asked to share in part of this person's life, a remembrance of their life, uh, a reminder of the good times, uh, uh, a feelings of of what was it that that person contributed to in my life. Uh, it's too late to, I guess, reflect on how you uh, reflected in their life, but but h- how did they impact your life? Mm. And as I've been able to do this, as I've been able to share with people on this painful part of their journey, I've seen how this has been a great blessing to me. Um, and, and, and I am privileged. I am privileged to be able to share in this little portion of their life to get to hear sometimes you don't know a lot about the person, but finding out, uh, usually, I get a hold of their Bible if they had one, and I'm able to open their Bible and and find encouraging things that they had highlighted. There was one lady I, I, I had recently, and she had multiple bookmarks in her Bible, and those portions in the Bible, in where those bookmarks were, either the bookmark itself. That meant something to her or or something she had highlighted in the Bible. Uh, there was one where she had underlined a lot, but there was one passage that was highlighted. Obviously, that stood out to her.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and I find sharing in those is a great privilege, an absolute great privilege to be able to have this little picture of people's life and be able to have a part in that. Mm. To me, that was really, really uh, rewarding. Mm. I uh,
0: personally, um, to be honest, I don't really like funerals. <laughs> you no, know, it, it's a sad event, does. you know, where we're saying goodbye to somebody. and um, But... But it's even more sad when you attend a funeral of somebody who did not have a faith in God. Yeah, but for those who do, you know, it is it is a privilege to actually witness part of their life, as you know, as you hear stories about them, and mm. uh, you know, hear some of the highlights of their life. And it, it, it um, yeah, that that can be a privilege, even just attending a funeral, even yeah. though even though we don't always you know think of funerals as. You know something enjoyable to go and attend,
1: but mm, mm. no. Look, you're right, Jason. And what you mentioned there about uh, people who don't have faith we we look at people differently. We judge people, and and we say, oh, they had faith. Someone else didn't have faith. You know, I've I've taken the funerals of many people as I've gotten to know them more, uh, as I've gotten to know about them more. Some people who've never walked into a Christian church. Or have and haven't for a long time. When I hear about their life, I'm drawn to Matthew 25, where Jesus talks about the sheep and the goats. Mm. Um, the people who thought they were saved, thought they were doing everything right, mm. had a self righteous attitude, were actually identified as the goats, mm. those who weren't saved, because their hearts weren't connected to God. Mm. I'm not saying all Christians are like that. Most Christians I meet have that connection with God. However, there are people as identified in that chapter as sheep, which is interesting because we're talking about sheep, uh, that are identified as sheep or God's people are the ones who were doing the things God wanted them to do and didn't even realise they were doing those things. Mm. And it's wonderful to find those things in people's lives as you reflect on them when you're preparing for their funeral.
2: Mm.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, So today, uh, would you like to just give us a a bit bit of a quick intro? um, Well, actually, let's just do a quick review as to where we came from and then we'll uh, uh, look at what we're going to talk about today.
1: Yeah last week we looked at uh, the sheep uh, the lost sheep of Israel so looking at uh, how Jesus uh, looked at and addressed those who were supposed to be his people but had fallen away for different reasons and we
0: related that to how um you know we often have people who uh, wander away from mm. uh, a relationship with God and uh, God wants us to call them back to him as well
1: That's right, that's right. And so today we're looking at, uh, um, we're continuing to look at this Reflecting Jesus series, and we're looking at how over this uh, series is how we treat people from different spheres of influence than our own. So today what I'm looking at is a group of people that Jesus called the other sheep. Who are these other sheep?
0: And of course, if you want to go back and have a listen to all 22 episodes prior to today uh, of this series, Reflecting Jesus, you can do that using the Faith FM app. And uh, you can get that from the Apple or Google App Stores. And uh, the the app is called Faith FM Australia. You can also listen on the Faith FM website. That's faithfm.com.au. But, David, did you know that all of our programs actually go into the podcast area in the Apple um, podcasts? Ooh. And you can find Tassie Encounters there. You can find, uh, find the Reflecting Jesus program there. And uh, so, if you are a podcast listener, you should be able to find our podcasts on your platform there as well. Mm, so that's uh, that's interesting to note. Now, of course, we also have our show number today: zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. We have a free book offer later in our program—a mm. book, it's a book of a different style today. Mm. So uh, do um, stay tuned for the offer that we're going to give you later. We've got a question for you, which, uh, David, I'll get you to uh, just put that out there to our listeners as well. We'd we love to hear from you. We'd love to know uh, your thoughts and uh, your feedback. We'd love to hear from you today. So 488 880
1: mm. And so this question today or this, um, this yeah listener question for our people who are, are tuning in should be able to get a, 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 some feedback from almost everyone. My question today to you is: Have you ever come across someone who had a completely different world faith outlook than your own? Mm. So, I mean, if you're a Christian and you're listening, have you ever come across a Buddhist, a Hindu, a Muslim, or, or if you're, or, or, or any other faith mm. that's completely different to yours? If you are from one of those other faith groups that that I've just mentioned, have you ever come across a Christian, someone who? really uh, epitomizes what a Christian is, what was, what was the impression that that person or that belief system made on you? So if you're someone from any one of those faith groups that I've mentioned, and you met someone from a different faith group, what was the impression from their faith that was left that it left on you for me it was a muslim meeting a muslim for the first time and what i was what i found uh, that was that stood out for me is that the person i met in their Muslim faith was a deeply spiritual person. Mm. And they were connected to the same faith story that I was as a Christian. You know, they, they, they came from the ancestry and the ancestry belief of Abraham. And I thought, wow, that really surprised me.
2: Mm.
1: And it even surprised me that they that they had this great and deep respect for Jesus, who they saw as a prophet. So that was really good. So although we had different world faith views... I could really respect the dedication and devotion they had in their faith. And, uh, and they actually held this, this very high regard for people of the book, they called them, mm. people who, who actually studied the scriptures faithfully and, and followed them. They had a high respect for those people.
0: Mm. And it's always interesting to talk to somebody of, different, of a different faith and uh, to discover what is actually similar in, uh, in your beliefs because there are some similarities in many uh, faiths. Ooh. There's also some differences. So. This is uh, Reckless Love and How He Loves Us by Anthem Lights. We'll be back soon.
2: For I spoke a word, you were singing over me. You've been so, so good to me Before I took a breath You breathed your life in me You've been so, so kind God. Oh, it chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves the 99. I couldn't earn it. I don't deserve it. Still, you give yourself for me Love's like a hurricane I am a tree Bending beneath The weight of His Wind and mercy When all of a sudden I am unaware Of these afflictions Eclipsed by glory And I realize Just how beautiful You are and how great affections are for me oh how he loves us so And it. I don't deserve it. Still, you give yourself.
0: Titazian Counters Encounters on Faith FM and we're speaking today with David Maxwell and our topic today is sheep of another flock and uh, before the break we asked you a question, have you ever come across someone who had a completely different world faith outlook to your own? If you had some discussions with them, what was it in their belief system that made an impression on you? We'd love to hear from you today text us in on zero four double eight double eight zero. Eight nine one, so today, David, we are continuing your series reflecting Jesus, and we are going to be looking at how we can reach out to people of different um, different groups of people, I guess, and uh, mm. what we might call his other sheep mm. uh, let's let's get in and start unpacking this
1: yeah thanks Jason. Look, Jesus wants to reach everyone with his love and grace and restore them back to himself and And you know this week, I want to look at a group of people as I mentioned before the break that were called his other sheep but first i 'd like to pray, and then we can read this passage that we 're going to look at today and some other passages we 'll look at, of course, but this is really the crux of it. So let me pray for our listeners. Sure. heavenly Father, as we open your word today as we read it. Please give us understanding. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So perhaps you could read John chapter 10, 14 to 17, and and today you'll probably read this from the New King James.
0: Yes, let's do that. It says, I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and I'm known by my own. As the Father knows me, even even so I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep, and other sheep... I have which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. Therefore my Father loves me because I lay down my life that I might take it again.
1: Mm, Thanks, Jason. So we're talking about sheep today again, as we talked about the lost sheep last week. Today we're talking about sheep um, I've once heard it said that New Zealand has more sheep than people, and it was always said as a slight on New Zealanders, which yeah. I think is is not really very fair, as you'll see in a moment. Yes, they only have 5 million people and 26 million sheep. Yes, they have more sheep than people. However, Australia is really not much different. Right. You know, they have five times as many sheep as people, Australia has four times as many sheep as people
2: yeah, Of course so,
1: we've got cattle as well So, <laughs> Of course, of course So our, our sheep population is about uh, 104 million in Australia uh, and of course our, our person population or people population is only about 25 million, so we're in the same boat um, So how Australians make fun of New Zealanders about that mm, they've got to be very careful, they're making fun of themselves mm. Um, we still have more sheep than people here. And it's interesting that sheep in both countries are not native. They were brought out to our countries uh, between the mid to late 1700s, both Australia and New Zealand. I assume they came from the UK? UK, they did. They did. The predominant breeds are quite different though. So the Predominant. What, what would you think would be the most prominent breed in Australia? Think I, of Australia.
0: I don't know my sheep, but I, I know Merino is a common one.
1: You're right. And that would be the prominent uh, Australian, inverted commas, sheep. But as I said, they, they came from other country anyway. In New Zealand, it's, and I'll probably pronounce this wrong, the uh, Arapua and that's a feral sheep in New Zealand, but it's generally accepted that it's a descendant of the Australian Merino, but they look quite different in many, many ways. Mm. Nevertheless, they're both sheep. Mm. <laughs> um, they're, they're quite different, but it would be fair to say that although related, they, they only bear a passing resemblance to each other today. Mm. In the Bible, though, God's people are also referred to as sheep, uh, and and for a number of reasons. Perhaps if you've ever been with sheep, the stubbornness... And the willingness to blindly follow might be two of those reasons. But well, let's leave that aside. It doesn't say why God relates to us as sheep, although in some instances it does. So we've gone astray, we do follow, um, we, we blindly are led, and those, those sorts of things. Or we do follow uh, someone who's leading us. Some of those are reasons why we're referred to as sheep. So by the time Jesus comes in AD 27, who were the different peoples that uh, Jesus referred to as his sheep? I'm a, in, in a, sorry, go on. Was that a you question go. you were asking me? <laughs> it's kind of a rhetorical question, yeah, okay. but go ahead and answer if you if you can think of.
0: Well, I, I'm assuming that uh, you know. Last week we talked about the the house of Israel, and I'm mm. assuming that's one group of sheep. Yeah, and then we've got other sheep uh, outside of that that group.
1: That's right, that's right. Jesus clearly mentioned that, as we saw in the verse we read earlier. So in a number of prophetic passages in the Bible, people are referred to as sheep, and we see it very predominantly in the Psalms, which kind of makes sense, because David... Uh, wrote a, a large portion, almost uh, 50 of the Psalms, you know, nearly, well, about a third of the Psalms are definitely read, uh, written by David because he says this at the beginning of the Psalm, the, a Psalm of David. Some of them don't mention who it is, so sometimes as the Psalm is written, you can assume that until the next heading that says this Psalm was written by Asaph or whoever it might be, that it's most likely written by the same author as the first one that was mentioned. Mm. Not always, but sometimes. So we see predominantly David. Moses wrote at least one psalm, but perhaps he wrote about 10, uh, if you take that, what I've just said, into account. Um, in, and, and there were others as well. So Psalms uh, seventy nine thirteen says, "So we, your people and the sheep of your pastor, will give thanks to you forever. We will show forth your praise to all generation." In this verse, the actual the people who are mentioned here are referring to themselves as sheep. In Psalms ninety five seven, it says, "For God, for He is our God, and we are the." people of his pasture clearly talking about people and the sheep of his hand so clearly then his sheep are uh, the people writing here and the people writing were generally categorized as the people of Israel and we spoke about this last week when we talked about the lost sheep of Israel mm. during the pandemic many people decried the loss of their freedoms uh, that you know uh, we've valiantly fought for our freedoms throughout the history of uh, our country and in their opinion, these people who who were were speaking, as I'm about to mention, in their opinion, these people believe that we'd quickly given up our freedoms because just because the government, health authorities, and others said so, and we were all following like sheep blindly to our doom. And it's interesting that uh, because I've watched how sheep behave, um, I, I thought you know in some instances perhaps they're right you know when I was driving in the country as a young person I used to love and I hope none of the farmers that I drove past are listening but <laughs> I used to drive in the country sometimes from one place to another in Queensland and I'd toot my horn when I'd go past sheep because I loved to watch how they used to just all run. One would spook and the rest would just follow. I, I smile when you when you <laughs> tell
0: that story because uh, I often do the same thing when I'm in the country so I, just to see whether they're whether they're paying attention and, and uh, my, my yeah. wife has a go at me for doing that and don't says, do that why do boys always have to annoy animals
1: <laughs> i'm sorry to all the farmers that i did that too i really am but that's what i believe people mean by their comments they're saying they were saying that just because a group of people were getting vaccinated or doing what the government said They, everyone else was just following. Now, Mm. now I believe it's a lot more complex than that. So, uh, you know, vaccinations are times good. uh, Sometimes, in this case, many people believe they hadn't been tested enough. Not that they weren't good; they just hadn't been tested enough. So, Mm. I believe that the issue is a lot more complex. Nevertheless, nevertheless, I understand why people might say and think that. But you get the picture. Yeah. Um, people like sheep. Um, there's lots of other traits that sheep have, and I think that God often refers to people as sheep because of some of those other traits. But nevertheless, who were these other sheep that Jesus spoke about in the verse we just read in John? Jesus said in these verses, I know my sheep and am known by my own, which seems to say that the people um, that Jesus was speaking to, already knew him and were following him. So so clearly these people were his people, if you like, the mm. Jews. Mm. So it stands to reason that the other sheep, not of this fold, must be non-Jews. Yeah. Who, but, but people who are being faithful to God, but just didn't know all there was to know about Jesus yet. Mm.
0: And, of course, there's... Uh uh, there are people who have uh, have yet to have a relationship with God, but uh, he mm. knows that you know given the opportunity given the the understanding that they would follow him
1: yeah that 's right, so he came for the lost sheep of Israel, but he also came to save others and and these verses tell me that jesus mission is greater than just this one people group, yeah, for sure.
0: We're going to go to a break. Um, our listener question today: Have you ever come across someone who had a completely different world faith uh, outlook to your own? And uh, what was it in their belief system that made an impression on you? We'd love to hear from you today. Text us in on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. This uh, beautiful song is called "Come Unto Christ" by Kaylee Reed. This program is
3: made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.
0: As Encounters on Faith FM, and today we're speaking with David Maxwell on the series Reflecting Jesus. We've been talking about sheep of another flock, and uh, before the break, David, you're talking about how Jesus came for the lost sheep of Israel, but He also came to save others as well. That's that's really a good good news, isn't it? That He didn't just come to save Israel.
1: Absolutely,
0: and uh, we've got more to dig into this.
1: We do, we do. So as I said before the break, Jesus came primarily to reach the Jews and reinvigorate them for the mission. So not that they were you know, any better than anyone else, but they had a really special mission uh, to reach the world. Uh, but he came to save more than just the Jews, more than just the Jews. Mm. So what I would like to look at in this section is how and why Jesus reached out to these other sheep why did he do it how did he do it and because it has some reflection on uh, how we might be able to reflect this so we know this we know that he reached out to other sheep and how he reached out to them uh, is obvious by his both his words and actions we see that jesus included many of the non-jews in his miracles when he was doing things and one of one of those one of the examples I'd like to cover is this Greek woman, uh, a syro She was, and she had obviously heard about Jesus. She knew that he had power to heal, and she had a, a demon-possessed daughter. So she came to Jesus seeking uh, for for help that he might heal, um, cast out the demon. And and it appears that the child wasn't with him. So, perhaps this woman wanted Jesus to come to where he, where she was, so Jesus, for a time, seems to just ignore her and he rebuts her with the words and i i, I don 't believe this is really how Jesus felt about her i, I don 't think that 's really how, she, how how Jesus felt because uh, Jesus was dealing with this Israelite belief. That the Jews were the only ones God cared about, mm. and no one else. He didn't care about anyone else. So it appears that that Jesus is actually trying to teach these people something. In, in, a, in a strange way, he
0: was challenging
1: their their standard beliefs. Yes, mm. yes, I really believe that's that's what he was trying to do. And I was going to just bring up this passage mm. and and read it briefly of of what Jesus did because I think he was exposing their behaviour not because he didn't care about her so Jesus finally addresses her and as he addresses her he responds to her and how she's feeling and she responds to him and her words, the response that she makes actually shows the level of her faith Let let me read it Just this passage, and it's in Matthew 15. Anyone who might be following along, uh, verse 23 to 28. But he answered her not a word, and his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. We looked at that last week. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he said, He answered and said, uh, it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs, you know, like the household pets. Mm. That's what he was saying to her. And she said, yes, Lord, but even the little dogs, even the household pets, eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. And then Jesus answered and said to her, "O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. And and that's just amazing as Jesus responds and commends her great faith. Um, We're not told what happens. We don't know uh, whether she goes back and she, you know, she finds the child healed and asks a question. We're not not told about what happens with her specifically. But Jesus has shown that he is after people of faith. That's the people he's looking for. Mm. And clearly this Greek woman was a person of great faith, as Jesus said.
0: And he was testing it a little bit uh, to, uh, you know, she had to persist with him. So there was a bit of a test in her faith, even in the interaction with Jesus.
1: Yeah, it really was. It really was. So we see that Jesus reached out specifically to other God-fearing people uh, throughout the area. And another one that he reached out to was in John 4. You've probably heard of the story of the woman at the well. Mm. Well, in John 4, verse 4, it has a really interesting statement. It says, he needed to go through Samaria. However, when you look at the journey and where he was going, that was not the shortcut. (laughs) Mm. It was what some men would like to do is I'll take a shortcut and it ends up being a long cut You know, It's the long way around It's the scenic route <laughs> It was the scenic route and, and going through Samaria was the scenic route It was the long way It wasn't the safe way either mm. So he, he, in the fact that he says he needed to go through Samaria It's highly possible he only needed to go through Samaria Because he knew the need of this person And the need of the Samaritans in this city They had a belief in God, as did this woman. She was a little bit astray at the time by the sounds of it. But nevertheless, they had a belief in God. They knew that um, the Messiah was coming. They were looking forward to the Messiah coming. But they just didn't understand it fully. And in the end, Jesus stays two full days with them. Mm -hmm. And he expands the gospel. He expands the word of God. This is one of the very few instances where Jesus says, I am the Messiah not mm. in those exact words but he's saying to the lady he says you're looking for the messiah you're speaking to the messiah mm. that's the way she, he says she it. was
0: one of the first people that he revealed that to if Absolutely. i
1: remember correctly Absolutely, mm. so you know it's really incredible that Jesus goes to these lengths to people who are not inverted commas his people they're not the Jews mm. uh, and as we'll, we'll look at more more at this next week another way that Jesus modelled and reached out to those who needed further instruction in the truth mm. uh, but he does this through the disciples. We'll expand on that next week. But he used the, the, some of the disciples to reach out to other people. One of those was Paul. He used to be Saul. He was a Jew. God got him to reach out to the Gentiles as well. Another one was Peter. Peter had the, he was he was a Jew. He, yes, he was a fisherman, but he was a Jew, and um, he would have he had this this idea that only Jews were going to be saved, and God used Peter to reach out to non-Jews and go into a non-Jewish home uh, and and expanded his thinking. Mm. It really did. Mm. And in turn, it expanded the thinking of the new new church. We'll look at that more next week. So why did Jesus do do this? Why did he reach out to these other God-fearing people that were looking for the truth? Well, this final question I want to cover about his mission is why he didn't just leave this job completely to people like Paul and Peter and those that came afterwards, the early church. And, And I think we can really <laughs> i think we can really answer this simply by rereading a text that we looked at last week and that was in Matthew uh, chapter 9 and verse 36 let me read that for you again it says here in 936 but when he saw the multitudes he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd jesus has compassion he has compassion for all mankind. And, yes, he, his role was to come. He said, I was only sent to the lost sheep of Israel. That's what Jesus said. And yet he reaches out to these non-Jews. Yes, he wanted to reinvigorate them in their mission. And their mission was to be that, that picture of God to the world mm. and draw the whole world to him, as it says in in the Old Testament. Mm. However, I believe Jesus' compassion was so great for humanity that anyone who was reaching out for him, he was willing to reach out to them.
0: Mm, absolutely. It's uh, it's amazing, isn't it, how he, even though he primarily came to redeem the people of Israel, he, he also uh, communicated, connected with, and showed his love and willingness to hear from and and heal and uh, deal with all other people so Mm -hmm. it's fantastic
1: it just is compassion and love for everyone
0: yeah so we're going to go to a break but uh, our book offer today this is uh, a different one it's a it's a children's book and it's about sheep it's called Cecil and Psalm 8 Mm. and it's written by Andrew McDonough um what on earth are you doing not sure well Leap on a Giraffe and Join Jesus, Cecil and the Kids in this stargazing, guitar-blazing, sheep-grazing, God-praising, amazing romp-through Psalm 8. So this is a children's book today, and uh, if you've got children or grandchildren that uh, you'd like to get this book to, this is uh, a a lovely little book um, talking about Psalm chapter 8. So after the break, we'll give you the code for this. This is Called Me Higher by All Sons and Daughters.
2: I could just sit, I could just sit and wait for all your goodness, hope to feel your presence. And I could just stay, I could just stay right where I- Save you
0: as he encounters on faith fm and we're finishing up our program today with david maxwell on the topic of sheep of another flock and before the break we talked about our free book giveaway today it's a children's book and it talks about sheep it's called Mm -hmm. cecil and i'm assuming cecil is a sheep i haven't read this book but uh, cecil and psalm 8 and so if you've got a, a child or a grandchild I'm sure they'd love this book. So the code for today is reflect twenty two reflect two two. Text that into zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one to claim this free book, this children's book. Now, David, we've got about seven minutes left uh, to Ooh. finish this program. And uh, before the break, you were explaining that Jesus came primarily to redeem His chosen people, the Israelites. But yes. he also responded to anyone who was willing to hear him. And uh, I guess um, we need to have a think about how that relates to us today. Why does it matter to mm. us today? How does it
1: apply to us today? Yeah, yeah. Why does it matter to us? And that's, that's a really important question to ask. And, and I've been trying to ask that each time as we go through this series. It's great to see the things that Jesus does, but why does it matter to us? Jesus actively sought out people who were after the truth now these other sheep or god-fearing people were some of those who were actively seeking the truth so why should we why, why should that matter to us well I'd like to start looking at the why first before we move to the how in this section mm. and first and foremost the why the why we should do it is because if we're transformed by the Holy Spirit and we have those transformed characters, we should be doing what God wants to do. Um, that, sh- that should be just natural to us. Mm. And we should desire that everyone comes to a fuller knowledge of God just like God wants that. So through the Holy Spirit, we should be compelled. We should be compelled to seek people out and to teach them as God directs and as Jesus taught us to. And if we don't have that that compulsion, perhaps we need to ask God to give it to us because that's what he, that 's what that 's what He wants to do. Secondly, Jesus recognized that the mission to the lost of or in this world is a mammoth job. When you think about what the the disciples had to face, Jesus said, "Go out to all the world. Mm. There were a very small number of people, and they had a huge mission. So Jesus recognised that in the short time he was going to be here, he wasn't going to be able to do it all. So he gave the job. He passed on the baton, if you like, to the 12. Uh, Ideally, he wanted the whole nation of Israel to be reinvigorated. Mm. But I guess he could see the future. He, He knew what was going to happen, and so he plans anyway with the 12, and he gives them the mission, and he sends them out to go and do it prophetically though there was a limited time for the nation of Israel to to actually fulfill this role uh, and to do what they were meant to do in Daniel chapter 8 and 9 there's this very very long prophecy the bible time prophecy it starts in 457 BC and the first part pertains specifically to the Jews, and that was coming to the end. Uh, in AD 34, there was this 490 years prophesied specifically for the Jewish people. And they had this time to get back to a knowledge of God, and as a whole, as a people, they failed in that mission. Mm. So the Jewish nation loses the nation. I'm saying the nation, not the people specifically. Mm. The nation loses this privileged status of the people that God wanted to use to take the message, the image of God to the whole world. They lose this this uh, this calling, if you like, in, in at the end of this 490 years in AD 34. They, re, they do it, um, and it's signified by their reaction to a message by the apostle Stephen. Stephen is uh, new to the the Christian well he's not new to the Christian faith he's been following Jesus for quite some time but he's new to the the number that are that are that are called and he's got this job uh, he becomes what they call a deacon but he's also preaching mm. and he gives the message to these people and he says uh, he, he tells them to turn back to God, and they refuse, and so hes he's quite firm in his message. they hate it so much they stone him, they kill him and paul's uh, Saul is there at the time, watching what happens. So in that act, it signifies the end of the 490 years and they are rejected as a people, as a people. So God then moves on to others and it's the foundation, if you like, of the new Christian church. They are the ones that are now signified to take up this fuller message of God and go to all God-fearing people. So knowing the why, why we should do this, we're part of that Christian church that has the knowledge of God, it should inform the how. How do we go about it? Because the part of the why is to provide for more workers for the harvest. Mm. Then making sure we are intentional as part of those people in reaching these God-fearing people makes perfect sense. How we go about it. Well, we'll cover that now. When you're sworn into court, you're pledged to do what? Tell the, Tell the truth, nothing but the whole truth, <laughs> and nothing but the truth. Because in a court, they are interested in accurate and truthful information. They don't always get it, but that's what they're information. I- that's what they're interested in. So, for salvation, which has eternal consequences, it should ev- it be even more important for us to get it fully correct as far as possible. Anyway, one example of this is when two early church leaders, Aquila and Priscilla. Um, Heard a Jewish convert to the faith preaching. They noted that this person didn't know everything about Jesus, so they take him aside, and they explain the gospel to him more fully. This is in Acts eighteen twenty four to twenty eight. We haven't got time to read that this morning, but please go and look it up. It's an interesting story. So too uh, for us, as we share the gospel, finding those who are already sharing the gospel and teaching them more correctly is important to multiply the eternal harvest. So as people are sharing the gospel, let's make sure they're getting it right. As we reach the totally lost, those who know nothing about God, we also reach out to those who already know Christ mm. and we equip them more fully for the work. This is important. Mm. So in Revelation 12, we, we see that these people who faithfully follow God are in all are in all religions today but as time draws to an end in Revelation 12 it shows that there is a people group that will um, be the ones that are obedient to God and have the faith of Jesus and as time goes on towards the end of time towards closer to when Jesus comes uh, those who follow God will gravitate into these two groups, those who follow God faithfully and fully and those who choose to to, to just remain connected to tradition So we see that there are different sheep and they have different characteristics, but they are all sheep. Mm -hmm. And as Jesus has many followers who believe in him, there are many at different levels of understandings of the truth. But they are they are people who want to follow God faithfully. So as we as Jesus reached out to the other sheep, people who were faithful to him and wanted to know more about him, we also ought to do the same. Reach out to those with a humble and meek spirit, recognizing that we might not know everything too, mm. but we should be welcoming those and sharing with those who want to know more about God and want to follow him faithfully. And, you know, we can sometimes learn from them as well. Absolutely. So if uh, we're out of time, we can't really go on much longer. So as Jesus gave us this example to follow, we should do the same thing. Um, And if you would like to know more about this, please get in touch. And you've got something else you want to share on that too, Jason.
0: Uh, well, we're out of time. We've got to go. But uh, George Van Vander will be on tomorrow. Join us there. This is Anchor of Hope with Ellie Holcomb.
4: Marvelous, wonderful, infinite guide. Author of all that is good. Faithful provider and giver of life. Source of all power and love. To the end, righteous Redeemer and mighty to save, he's the anchor of hope for the souls of men. Gracious, compassionate, merciful God, radiant, holy delight. Full Father, victorious Son, source of unchangeable light. Salvation, remarkable love Savior who died on the cross